Feminism and politics is discussed by two professional killjoys. I'm Rachel. And I'm Melody. And today we'll be discussing Prince and social responses to celebrity deaths in general. Uh, And we're excited to talk about it in honor of the passing of this person who meant a lot to a lot of people. Um, Where can our listeners find us on the internet, Melody? That's a great question, Rachel. They can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitter, it's FKJ underscore PhD and iTunes. And don't forget to leave us some reviews on iTunes. They really help and we secretly love reading them. So if you could just leave us fun reviews to read, that'd be excellent. I don't think it's so secret. We like blatantly love reading them. That's true. We read them on the air. (laughs) Um, Also, yeah. So subscribe. Um, If you have any kind of podcast app, like I do, like Podcast Addict, you can find us there. I know people who use Stitcher are having problems finding us, Mm. so we'll look into that. Okay. But uh, be our friends. Listen. Thanks for all the love on Twitter and Facebook. We appreciate it. And can I be weird about Facebook for a second, Rachel? Yeah. So I'm like really excited that people that listen to our show want to be Facebook friends with me. And I would just like to say that I'm really weird about Facebook. I have a story that I can share at some point about why I'm so weird with Facebook, but I have a very curated Facebook page. And so if I say yes to your friendship, I you will never see any of the content that I put out there because I curate it for people. I'm very strange about it. But we can be friends on Twitter if you want. If you search for me, PH Melody. You can find me on Twitter and we can talk there. Um, So I just wanted to say that because some people are trying to be my friends and I super appreciate it. But as you know, Rachel, I'm very, Facebook's a weird space for me. So I'm keeping it pretty private. Yeah, totally. Um, I am a little less weird about, I don't, I I don't think that's weird, Melody. I'm less, I'm private about Facebook in that I don't put my last name on it and I don't, you know, and I, and I curate certain posts, but if you want to be my friend, you can find me at Rachel Lee Ann, um, L-E-E space A-N-N. Uh, and uh, you can also follow me at, on Twitter at Prof Tiffy, but I don't really use Twitter very much, actually. So okay. so that's that. Okay, cool. That's all. So how have you been? What's up with you? Um, things have been good. It's been a really busy week. Um, we have a search going on for a new chair of the Gender Studies Department at school. So lots of um, candidate talks and dinners and things like that. Um, and I also got to see the Merrimack spring play is, uh, that's where I work. I keep trying not to say that, but I keep saying it. So cats out of the bag. It's like in your notes too. Yeah, I know. Um, the school that I work at, the anonymous school in new England that I work at, um, their spring play was Avenue Q. I had never seen Avenue Q before. Um, I really enjoyed it. I had, uh, several students that were in the, in the play, um, have you seen it, Mel? Or do no, you know the music? The, okay, 
A, weird. I also saw a school play this week that I'll have to tell you about. Uh, and B, I don't know. Can you tell what? Tell me what Avenue Q is about? Yeah, so Avenue Q is sort of like advertised as like a raunchy uh, puppet show. It's like it's like Sesame Street, but that talks about like sex and drugs and stuff like that. Um, and it's it's charming. It's like it's it's funny and. There are some parts that I really don't like. Like there's a song called Everybody, Everyone's a Little Bit Racist. And as you can imagine, not that I don't think white people are probably all a little bit racist, but there was this like reverse racism message in it. Like people of color can be racist too, except they were talking about monsters because they were puppets. So it's like the monster race and the non-monster race. So I didn't really love that. But um, there's songs about like gay sex. There's songs about lots of things um that were funny um but so minus that song it's very funny and it also has a very heartwarming message um about the temporary nature of struggle and challenge in life and uh, friends and community and um it's pretty charming so that's that cool so i saw i saw my school play on thursday as well cool what Um, was it it was called the foreigner Okay. And I wish that our school would do raunchy puppet plays, but um, <laughs> it's this, it's actually a pretty funny play and my colleague who is hilarious directed it. So I wanted to see it and it was funny, but it's about this guy who's really shy and he gets thrown into this like group situation for a couple days and he doesn't want to talk to anybody. So he, his friend tells everybody that he can't speak English And so he pretends to not be able to speak English. And so people like tell him all their secrets because they think that he can't understand them. But Mm. then, um, spoiler alert, in case anybody wants to see this play. um, This is set during the time in which the Ku Klux Klan was active. Mm. And the Ku Klux Klan, um, obviously there's people like nobody says that they're in the KKK. And so somebody who was in that group was in the KKK and I and it was like we can't have foreigners here if you can't speak English. So then the KKK came to the group setting and like caused all this so they had to fight back against Wow. Yeah. It's <laughs> pretty intense. Yeah. But all because this guy lied about he never spoke up about he he played along the whole time that he didn't speak English. Okay. Even when the KKK was coming. Wow. Because some of it is like a love interest thing because okay. He wanted this woman to keep telling him his secrets. Mm-hmm. But there's, I mean, it was less about, I thought it was going to be more about racism and those things Yeah, more, but it wasn't, but it was still really funny and cute. Um, So yeah, but also Prince died and I live in Minneapolis where Prince hails from. And so like this, that was the same. I saw the play that night that Prince died. Yeah. And so I wish I could have just been down in Minneapolis, but I made this commitment mm-hmm. to see this play. Right. So it was kind of a weird day anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. So hence the yeah. topic of our show, but yeah, totally. So, um, Oh, yeah, that is funny. We both saw school plays, but yeah. Do you want to sit, talk about your cat really quick? I, well, I was going to try to give an update that wasn't about Prince. Okay. And so I would like to say that I took my cat outside Yeah, and he enjoyed it. <laughs> That's great. On a leash. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, he cool. can only go outside. I mean, he just walks around the porch and meows, mm-hmm. and then a car goes by, and then he gets scared, and then he wants to go yeah. inside. Oh, <laughs> what a muffin. And then, like, two minutes later, he's like, can we go outside again? And then, 
have to say no and it's just this we've been having talks so yeah oh that's cute yeah. i haven't tried with diesel um i tried with stokely who um listeners mel lived with stokely and myself um uh before uh before i no longer had stokely um and she was not a fan of being outside at all um she was terrified of everything but diesel might diesel might be into it i haven't tried yet we'll see i live on a pretty busy street though i'd be pretty nervous yeah, and I like even though he's on a leash, I should have his harness on. He hates his mm-hmm. harness, so I just put him on a collar. And it's yeah. basically like if he gets away from me, at least he has his identification on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but like I am like right on his heels the whole time, and yeah, I yeah. don't really li- so he, um, yeah, I'm always a little nervous about it, but he enjoys it, so I try right. to give him some space. And um, I would love listeners to tweet at us or things put things on Facebook about them walking their cats send pictures of you walking your cats I think that would be a fun thing to collect uh, especially if we have multiple listeners that walk their cats on leashes right. that would be great right. to know that'd be amazing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah so so but you're really your biggest update is like being in Minneapolis the week that Prince died right yes yeah so let's segue from there um, that's what we want to talk about this week uh, it seemed like we couldn't not talk about it. Um, and I think what's interesting is that it, Mel, it, according to what I've what we've briefly, briefly discussed, Melody, and what I see in your notes, neither of us were like major, wild, super duper Prince devotee fans. But um, I think we both really felt impacted by it. And so we sort of want to talk about this idea of collectively mourning uh, celebrities and musicians, it seems in particular, but, um, you know, actors and stuff get, get similar responses. Um, and just the sort of energy and response and what it means, you know, from a sort of like critical social perspective. Um, so maybe first we can just sort of talk about our relationships to Prince. Do you want to, do you want to talk about that? Oh, sure. So, Let's see. Yeah, so I guess um, I don't... I never really liked Prince's music, Mm -hmm. so I never had any of his old CDs. And when I was younger, I was way more into Michael Jackson. I don't know if you, like, if it was a camp thing, like, you you were either a Michael Jackson person or a Prince Mm -hmm. person or a... I feel like there was crossover, but... Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I ended up being a Michael Jackson fan, and... uh, all the lady R&B artists, they took up all my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still, even to this day, I didn't, I don't like, his music just isn't like my thing, you know, mm-hmm. but I super, I've always appreciated him for being an artist that pushes boundaries in so many different aspects, mm-hmm. mainly like uh, gender wise and sexuality wise, but mm-hmm. we can talk more about that. Um, but then we moved, you and I both moved to Minneapolis, same year, 2009. Mm-hmm. And I felt this like, kind of pressure to start liking Prince (laughs) because everybody loves Prince here. And uh, there's this club called First Avenue that he he has a lot of history at that club for a while. I just thought he owned it because the way in which people connected Prince to first Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this really famous club that I go to all the time to see shows and he's got a big connection there. Um, and I, but I still, you know, he would just like show up randomly at first Ave and wander around, be chaotic. And mm-hmm. so he, you know, he comes into our lives in Minneapolis um, a lot. If you are in the right spaces, but finally, I didn't even get a CD of his until uh, 
2014 in the fall because mm-hmm. Lizzo, my favorite rap artist, who's a local artist here, she rapped on one of his albums that he put out. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, he put out an album with Third Eyed. So he's got this backup band called Third Eyed Girl mm-hmm. and they're all women and they are awesome. And so he put out two CDs at the same time. One was all of his stuff and the other one was him and mostly his backup band. So it was mm-hmm. mostly a woman's, you know, woman's mm-hmm. artist CD. And it was awesome. And I remember calling one of my Prince fan friends and saying like, dude, I should have gotten on this boat like a lot sooner. I didn't realize yeah. like how awesome he is and or like how much I actually enjoyed his music. I even right. got the CD for my dad because mm-hmm. I thought he'd appreciate the songwriting. It's very poppy and very strong women uh, musicians are playing on it. And so... That's, I mean, that's really the extent of my Prince fandom. And then, you know, we can, well, I'll save my where were you when Prince died story, um, but it'll connect to what I've just talked about. So, yeah, uh, you go tell me about. Yeah, no, honestly, you know, I have a a similar sort of distance that I, you know, I remember his music as a kid and I remember, you know, liking some of his hits. Um, My best friend, my like first and most longtime oldest best friend, um, Kimberly, who I think listens. So hi, Kimberly. Uh, Her family, her and her sisters, I think like were a little more into him. And so I remember like being in their mom's car and like them getting really excited about like Raspberry Beret and things like that. Um, But I didn't start it with you like his music. I like it. And I actually just taught um, I teach a sculpt class. I don't I talk about teaching yoga, but I also teach like this workout class. And we did like an all prints tribute class today. And like, it was definitely fun. It's like, oh, I, you know, these are hits. Like I, you know, sort of forget that they really can be catchy, but yeah, it wasn't something I was necessarily very, very drawn to musically. Um, But I certainly remember, you know, being a young kid, hearing these songs on the radio. um, And I specifically remember like learning about, not necessarily learning about, but being introduced to um, unique presentation of gender identity and sexuality and race, honestly, which I which I wasn't really cognizant able to articulate at a young age, but um, through this through this figure, and so this is you know sort of in retrospect, I really understand him as a really important um, figure who who brought all of that into like sort of public consciousness in a way that. I think was unique. I mean, a lot of people are like, well, David Bowie did that first. So, you know, Michael Jackson did this. And yeah, but I think, I think Prince had a, had a distinct and unique um, uh, contribution to, to that kind of uh, stuff. So, um, so yeah, so that was sort of, you know, fond childhood memories, um, but not a super fan. And, uh, and then just sort of similarly feeling like a little more, invested in in him when I moved to Minneapolis and I remember being in Minneapolis and like just noticing more articles about him the more friends with I became the more people I became friends with in Minneapolis the more I started noticing random things about Prince on my Facebook and it was through that that I found out that Prince was vegan and I want to link to this hilarious article about Prince's refrigerator Melody did you read it I linked to it I did I didn't know he was vegan yeah yeah so he's vegan. He PETA put out like a big tribute post about him because um, he was a friend to them. Um, but it hit, there's this like uh, art, uh, interview about him and what's inside of his refrigerator. And it's very funny. Um, so anyway, that's just like a side note. Uh, but I would love to talk a little bit more about um, gender and sexuality stuff, but we can get to that. 
Yeah, I was just going to throw in to that. I think how he differs from David Bowie and Michael Jackson is his like direct love of women and yeah. how he would talk about them in not a, an objectifying way, but in a yeah. like, I worship you way. Right. I think that's a good point. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And oh, and there was, uh, I think it, I'll have to link to this article as well, but we have a black radio station here called KMOJ and I love everything about that radio station, but I don't know if it was those, it probably was these two guys talking about this, how Prince, how like queer he was and pretty femmy, mm-hmm. straight black macho men were scared of Prince taking away their women, yeah, you know? And right. so thinking right. about that, we can obviously talk about that a little bit more later, but like yeah. throwing totally. that in there too, to the mix. Yeah. So yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, did you want to talk about where you were when it happened, when, when you found out? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I don't know. I'm laughing. Uh, well, so I was at school and it was a grading day for me where I just kind of sit at my, in my office all day. And so I yep. check the internet a lot because that's what you do when you procrastinate. And yep. <laughs> so I was seeing the reports coming in that he was like, somebody, a paramedics got called to his house. And then that was pretty much it. And then a couple hours later, my student came in and she's like, hey, and I said, hey, what's up? She's like, Prince died. Oh, what? And he had just, (laughs) they had just announced it. Like she had heard a minute earlier. Yeah. And I just, my body, like I folded in half and just because I knew that the city was going to just be a disaster. And because I don't need, I just, when I heard that, I was like, thinking of all my friends and family that were going to be devastated, not so much mm-hmm. me, you know, right. like, okay, this is like a shift in life. Yeah. And, uh, and then I, I had to teach pretty soon after that. So we played a, uh, the only video I could find that, well, he doesn't have any of his stuff up online, which we could talk about later from a media studies standpoint, yep. but I found a cool Super Bowl perf- when he performed at the Super Bowl when it was pouring rain out. Yeah. And so we were playing that. And some of my students weren't listening to me when I said, Prince has passed away, so let's watch a video. Yeah. And I, like, stopped the video in between. I was like, so what does this have to do with rock and roll's history? What boundaries are is he pushing? And everybody's like, right. femininity and masculinity. I said, very good. <laughs> yeah. You know? And then yep. one of my students is like, why are we watching this? And I was like, because he's dead? And they're Aww. like, what? And I'm like, I just... And then the whole class is just like, really? Erupted, right. Yeah. Oh. My wonderful class. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. So it was a good day. And then I had to go to the play. Right. But then I went, I purposely, the whole downtown on Thursday night was a traffic jam. And I, on my way home from work, I purposely like drove into it just so I could see what it was like. Yeah. I've gotten that trait from my mother. She's a gawker. She'll drive into any kind of. For better or worse, I get that from my mom, and so I drove into the traffic jam, so. Yeah. (laughs) And then I'll talk about my other, I mean, obviously, like, every minute of every day is, like, Prince-related right now in Minneapolis, but but that was the immediate aftermath. Yeah. And you? Um, Well, first, I just want to pause for a second and say, like, how, like, how... important it is that that this is a question that comes to mind like where were you when x happened and like that Mm -hmm. 
that this this death will be one of those moments probably for a lot of people like you will remember where you were you know i mean i think the biggest one for our generation is where were you when 9-11 happened yeah, i mean true. i remember very vividly i also remember very vividly where i was when michael jackson died so this question becomes like part of our cultural discourse um the where were you when x happened i think is is the question that tells us whether or not the significant the, the event is like how significant the event is. You know what I mean? Mm. Do you think um, that's an so, American thing or like a Western thing? Um, I don't think so. When I was in England, um, uh, my, my friend Louis, who I met in England, remembered where he was when 9-11 happened too, actually. And 9-11 wasn't even an England thing, but we like shared a story. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that, no, I think that's a, I think that's probably a universal thing, I would guess. No, but. I meant like the concept of where were you when? Like, do you think other cultures? Yeah, and that's what I'm talk- saying. Like, I oh. don't mean 9-11 specifically. I just mean like the fact that that was part of an exchange that I had in England. But I don't know. I mean, that's like one anecdote. So. But England is like Western. I meant true, like true. Japan yeah. in you know. Yeah, that's a good question. If we have non-Western listeners, I would love to find out. Yeah, okay. That's such like a intercultural communication project (laughs) yeah um so so anyway so where was I I was in my office I was also on campus um I had just taught my last class and I was about to head into a candidate talk for this new chair position um and uh it was yeah I mean I found out on the computer and I think that's like an interesting thing too Mm. that we have to like navigate like when um you know, Facebook told me, you know, like I didn't hear it from a human. Um, So that was, and then I texted some people and, you know, shared that moment. And then I went into this candidate talk and we didn't talk about it right away because this, you know, poor person was on Mm. the spotlight and trying to give a talk, but it was the entire room was queer people. And then we were going to dinner with the candidate and this entire search committee Um, or most, most everybody in the room was queer identified. And so, um, when we got to dinner, it was like the first thing we started talking about. One of the professors um, at the on the committee um, studies Michael Jackson, actually. So it was a wow. yeah. So it was a nice segue into sort of that whole conversation. So it was really cool to be with um, queer people. They're also all um, older than me, so I think they had like a different and special relationship to him in a way that that I don't mm-hmm. um, because of my age. So so yeah. So that was that. Um, but it was, it did feel a little rough to be like, oh, I'm alone in my office. And the internet just told me that this thing happened, which is, which has been the case in so many situations like this, you know, just me and Facebook having a moment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was just thinking about how the, uh, whoever was, you know, giving their talk and at dinner, I would probably prefer, like, that was probably a relief to have a very concrete thing to talk about at dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, just like, totally. oh, God, thank goodness I don't have to. So that's where we were. Um, do we want to shift into, um, what do we want to shift into next? We can talk about, well, I guess the importance of community in mourning these deaths and I guess I have a little bit more of a concrete yeah why don't you talk more about the Minneapolis community thing okay um so 
I have been, I was just at the public memorial last night. So I thought I'd talk a little bit more about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's interesting because he, Prince, before he passed, he liked to foster community anyways, in very, in a very specific way, though. He has a, people aren't familiar, he has a house a little bit south of Minneapolis. You can't really get there by public transportation, so you have to drive, but it's called Paisley Park. And he would have fairly often parties at his house. Mm-hmm. And you pay like 10 to $20, depending on the event. And you could go to his house and hang out with him. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. really strange. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> But the thing is, you couldn't bring in phones and you couldn't drink. So mm. you were really... I have never been able to go... Because mainly because he parties really late. And so when people go to Paisley Park, they often talk about how he doesn't show up or the party doesn't start till like two in the morning, three in the morning. And it's like, I don't want to be disrespectful in Prince's house and be crabby. So I just choose not to go. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so you can't drink and you can't, um, there's no phones. So you have to interact with people. You know, yeah. you can't tweet out what you're doing. It's right. all about personal connection. Right. So, amazing. <clears throat> yeah, I thought that was interesting. He also doesn't do, he, um, he's a Jehovah's Witness, so right. no drugs, no alcohol, which I had forgotten about because one of my students was trying to, trying to say, or trying to get gossipy about overdoses and stuff. Well, and No, that is actually the latest news is that he may have been on, um, medication for pain and that he actually was on prescription drugs i actually did read that yes and the way so just to bracket that for a second yeah uh, the way in which my students were talking about it was like oh was he an alcoholic or uh, like a like a keith richards kind of druggie and i said i said i don't even think he drinks at all and he it's not definitely it's definitely not part of his lifestyle I had forgotten he was a Jehovah's Witness. I do know that TMZ has been talking about the uh, the Percocet yeah. thing, right. which if it, I don't really want to gossip. Although let's be real, TMZ has called multiple things correctly in terms of celebrity news. Yeah, they are actually a credible source. But um, yeah, they're. I mean, it seems like I think they're kind of leeches. They they're credible because they invade people's privacy a lot and but. pay people for information. Yeah, we should have. Do we have friends that study the paparazzi? I feel like we probably do. I'm sure we should have an episode on that. I just anyway. felt I felt like singing the Lady Gaga song when you said paparazzi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what was I saying? Oh, if it is the Percocet stuff, um, mm-hmm. that will be that's going to elevate the conversation we're already having in Minnesota because opioid addiction is a really big problem here. Right. And I think it is all throughout the nation, but our on NPR, our local station just did a huge, like week long thing on this problem. And yeah. so if Prince is also part of this problem, then like, it's going to be it's gonna um, get a lot of attention. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I don't know much about it. I just hear these sad, horrible stories and I send power and strength to these yeah. people. But um, anyways, What's being said is the autopsy and all the reports are going to take weeks. And so we won't know for sure. Right. Um, even if TMZ is correct, they won't be given credit for a while. Yeah. So, um, okay. So this community thing. So I was at the, I'm going to, I'm just going to keep talking unless you want to interject, Rachel. No, and say please, something. please. I mean, I, I want to hear more about, yeah, your experience in Minneapolis and I can add. 
add as I want, but go ahead. Okay. So the club that I was talking about, First Avenue, was ha- is having... So starting Thursday night, there was this huge block party. Lizzo performed, some other local rappers. Interestingly enough, they did not invite KMOJ, the Black-owned radio station, mm. to run it. They had cur- The Current, which is our, like, hipstery indie rock station, mm-hmm. pull this whole thing off. I mean, I know they have more money, but, like... These DJs that were crying on air over Prince, who, like, went to school with Prince, were not invited down. Like, they weren't part of the show. Right, right. I just wanted to, like, that's, give space that's for that. That's a little messed up, yeah. It's Minneapolis. I mean, we have ugh, our racial disparities here. Is right. just, it just runs rampant everywhere. Anyways, um, so Thursday Night Black Party. And then First Avenue has shows booked all weekend of different artists that had already been planned to right. be here. But at the end, once those artists are done every single night, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, there are these dance parties now that go until 7 in the morning. That's amazing. Yeah. And so people just go. I haven't gone. Um, the one yesterday and tonight start start at one thirty in the morning, which is very Prince-esque. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Um, but... Uh, so they're happening. I'm not really sure how they're dealing with booze. Probably none after two, but, uh, they seem to be like big parties. Also, my little cat is sitting. Yeah. So the club is staying open until 7 a.m. My brother and I were talking about going there down there tonight. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm going to make it to 1.30. So we might just go sit at the, I offered to go sit down at the memorial with him because that's what I did last night. Yeah. And this space is super cool in terms of community. Um, and I was thinking of it as this academic term that I've used before in some of my work, it being a third place or a third Mm -hmm. space in terms of it, like not being work or home, but another place to just really foster community like we do with coffee shops. And I mean, there's actually in America, there's not a ton of spaces like that. Right. Um, and sometimes when community springs up, it gets policed in different ways, but I was, really impressed with what I saw down there. And I just hung out longer than I was going to because of this community that was fostered. Right. So first Avenue is on these giant streets, including first Avenue, literally the street. And so, but there's tons of people. So they actually put up barricades blocking certain lanes for Mm. pedestrians to be in. Yeah. So it's already cool that like you can, from an urban space standpoint that pedestrians are now able to like stand on these super busy streets and just hang out. And we, I showed up before, right as the sun was going down around eight o'clock and people, there was a guy there on his bike with a speaker just blasting prints and uh, people were taking pictures in front of the memorial, but people were just like hanging out and talking and dancing and it was just really chill. And then there were uh, people, driving by that were obviously gawking at the scene and taking pictures yeah but me and my friend were like watching and we're like oh man all these people are from the suburbs and they're just (laughs) driving by gawking taking pictures right and i just (laughs) i had to laugh because they just seem so ridiculous but it's like park your car and get out and hang out with us you know right totally totally um but also it was something totally my mom would have had us do as a family when we were younger she would have been like everybody we're gonna go see it and of course would not park the car right but bob go around the block again so we can see it 
<laughs> you know, but well, he's from Wisconsin. If you didn't catch on the accent, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, totally. The spectacle, right? I mean, oh yeah, spectacle. I remember um, my mom used to drive us like there would be a tornado. This is so insensitive. <laughs> there'd be a tornado, and she'd be like, "Let's go look at the damage," and oh, like, gosh. That is, that, there's like, there's definitely literature written on that, like disaster porn, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's a, I will say, she's a weather freak. Like, she has the weather channel on all the time. There's like, there's like a subculture of that, people obsessed with the weather. Yeah, so. I met somebody, an academic, who like studied that. So, yeah. So, she's part of that crew. So, I mean, it's not totally, it is disaster porn, disaster tourism, for yeah. sure. And I have to watch out for it because I have it's that in me. Yeah. But it it's also like she's really into the weather. And yeah. she yeah. would scare the crap out of me when there was thunderstorms when I was younger. Yeah. Oh, like, goodness. So anyways, yeah. enough about that. Anyway. Uh, so gawking tourists like my mother taught us to do. Um, yeah. But then, <clears throat> but then I was, me and my friend were sitting there like we're overeducated. And so we're just like analyzing the situation, you know, mm-hmm. yep. instead of just taking it in. And the yeah. first thing we talked about was, um, why, what I said to her was like, look at all this black capitalism. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Yeah. You want to explain it? To, I mean, I think of Malcolm X. Um, do you want to explain it to the listeners what you mean? Ooh, what's the Malcolm X quote that you're thinking of or his idea that you're well, thinking of? Well, that he believed that black part of his like his belief in in separateness and and segregation was that black black people should own the means of production and own the shops and black people should support black owned businesses and keep money in the black community and not Mm -hmm. share it with the white community at all so that's what i was thinking of got it so and then i would blend it with robin dg kelly's uh, theory we, about black capitalism. Can we put Robin DG Kelly on like our bucket list of like dreams of people we would want to have on this show? Because I think we're both like legitimately in love with him. Yes. He's actually coming to speak. Uh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm so jealous. When? On Tuesday. <gasps> But I have a therapist appointment. No. Like an hour before. So maybe oh, I can no. sneak in. It's in the, at, at the university. At the so yeah. yeah. So guys, everybody will link to some Robin DG Kelly. He's, I mean, theoretic theory wise, he's like truly my dream man. I mean, he's yeah. Marxist leaning, black, accessible, critical, accessible, just so amazing. So sorry, continue talk about his amazingness. <laughs> so Robin DG Kelly has this idea, or he talks about black capitalism or capitalism in the way in which. Black people have to get really creative with how to um, exist within the capitalistic system. And so they create their own avenues for making money in a system that has decided that they don't belong. Mm -hmm. And so that's when you see, you know, the creative entrepreneurs selling iced bottled water when it's really Mm -hmm. hot outside on the freeways and freeway ramps and, you know, all these creative ways to to sell things. So in this situation... Uh, I'm being more distracted because my cat keeps walking precariously on my lap. And if she steps in the right direction, it'll like hang up on you. So she's <laughs> Which gone. May now. or may not have happened before. <clears throat> <laughs> Listeners. So she, uh, she's gone now. Sorry about that. But, uh, so at, 
at the in the space there was these guys selling african-american guys selling t-shirts that they made Mm -hmm. and it is i mean we talked about this for a while because they were uh they had to have designed and printed those t-shirts in 24 hours or less yeah totally this i mean you saw the same thing with mj michael jackson and obama honestly Mm -hmm. when I was in Chicago when Obama won, and it was the same thing. It was black people find, taking advantage of an opportunity that society doesn't grant them. And it said they had shirt, you know, they made these shirts saying Obama won before they knew Obama won, you know, wow. or you know. And it was just like, you know, it 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 is that's that's survival economy for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I bought a shirt, obviously. Well, cool. not obviously, but I had the money with me to buy a shirt. Uh, so I bought a purple rain shirt. And uh, so I was excited about that. They had a lot of different designs mm-hmm. and it was just cool. Yeah. So they were making money. So that was good yeah. to see. Yeah. And people were selling roses and spray painted purple roses. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And people just hanging out. And then the other thing that I noticed right away was I looked around and there were just like a lot of people that others would say are like weird or like would read as mentally unstable or, you know, kind of like the people that hang out on the street corners and say hi to you. Right. Like they were those, you know, those neighbors of mine were everywhere. And I said, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, look at this, like intersection of people and my friend said I'm not going to take credit for this smart comment but she's like yeah these spaces are really important to people because usually they're standing on this corner already getting chewed away or people are looking at them weird and now this is like their space they can just hang out and do what they usually do and make friends and it's just such a better vibe you know because yeah absolutely would your friend not want to be mentioned on air I'm so curious who this is Oh, you don't, you don't know. Okay. Them. Okay. Um, okay. Um, and I don't yeah, know. No, so. that is, no, that, <laughs> no, that's an amazing comment and such an important comment. And I think, um, so interesting in, because what I, the, the articles that I was sort of like, uh, reading in preparation for this conversation were very much about, um, fan, very much from fan culture perspective in the ways that these things like deaths, create identities for people who are already very invested in the singers. So um, this article by Didier Corbet and Marie-Pierre Forcault-Caribet, some French folks, clearly. Um, they Great wrote, pronunciation, they wrote, by the way. Thank you. Um, they wrote, they were writing about Michael Jackson's death and they talk about this, um, the way that these celebrity deaths give social identity to the fan. Uh, or the possibility of sharing information relating to the self with others and increasing self-esteem. So the way that this like fan culture enables fans to solidify their sense of self by connecting with other people and being like, Mm. let me tell my Prince story. Let me do this. Mm. So I'm really interested in that. But what I love about what your friend said is that this involves, this involves people people who aren't even fans. Like some of those folks you just mentioned may not have been like, ardent Prince fans, but they were, they become part of this social response and, uh, you know, and you can't, and you can't not include them. That's part of it too. You know what I mean? Like the response to Prince's death is not just about ardent Prince fans. It's about 
what happens in response to that and how it involves so many different people, including people who are usually shoot off the street, including people like us who are like moderate, you know, not really actually fan fans, but who are going to spend an hour on a podcast talking about them. <laughs> and uh, just how that's how that's interesting, how this like fan, this fan culture is like, um, it's like that ripple effect. Like if you throw a stone in a pond, it, you know, it, it gets bigger, you know? Mm-hmm. So I do yeah. know. And uh, yeah, and it reminded us of the, this friend of mine had, had, we had also spent time together down at the fourth precinct shutdown in North mm -hmm. Minneapolis. Um, and she was saying how it was a similar scene that like a lot of people who were homeless um, or transient would just hang out in the space. And I saw that in Madison too, during the uprising right. there. And, you know, what, what we were talking about is it's so wonderful to connect with those people because usually we pass them by or right. judge them or whatever. Or they, they try to not talk to us. They try to stay out of our way. Um, I'm doing an us, them thing for some reason, but it feels, it feels divided. Um, yeah. and, but then we all get together, we all hang out, we all share our stories. We all get along really well. Right. Mm -hmm. So then like, what's up with the policing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why mm -hmm. are they being policed? They're just, I mean, when they, they're existing on the same street corner, but now mm -hmm. there's a memorial surrounding them. Right. And we're all doing just fine, getting along. Nobody's causing any problems. So yeah. Why are they a nuisance to be? Yeah. They're, yeah. they're I mean, not. If you yeah. actually hang out with people and talk to them, they're not nuisance. Right. It's, yeah. It's, it's this whole question about who has permission to occupy public space. Right. And it's like, I love those memes when it's like, Occupy Wall Street gets kicked out for trying to talk about, you know, economic injustice, but people can camp out at Best Buy for three nights and not not a police in sight. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. For like Black Black Friday or whatever um, for the super sales. Um, so, yeah, it's a question about public space. Um, I also think about um, so I wrote my thesis about info shops and really focused on this idea of third third place. Um, so info shops being like anarchist. Um, community spaces, um, bookstores, meeting spaces, da da da, and a lot of the people I interviewed talked about, um, and I experienced this as a as an activist myself, that these free community spaces, whether it's on the streets or you know in a in a community space, they do attract these social rejects, right? Like these mm -hmm. people that society doesn't accept, and how it was navigating in some senses being put in a little bit of like a, like how do we, you know, be in solidarity and not create this us them divide when, um, when it, when at the, at the end of the day, we actually have very different resources available to us. Cause we get to go home from those spaces right. to a house and some of them don't, some of them do, but some of them don't. So anyway, that's kind of a tangent, but I, but it is, I, I'm really interested in that idea of public space and the relationship between um, social people who are not, who mar, you know, mar, very marginalized people um, and less marginalized people. And when those, when those words, worlds mesh. Um, yeah. So cool. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, and so I wanted to kind of on that note too, 
uh, what I've been talking to some other people about the space that has been created downtown. And I, lo- I love these community spaces that get mm-hmm. created, usually in times of distress. So, you know, mm-hmm. a shooting of a unarmed black person or somebody passing away. But I just love, like, these spaces are just, like, my jam. Like, I just want to go back down there tonight with my water bottle and just, like, chill out in a chair yep. and just hang. Because it's just, it's such a wonderful feeling for everybody just to be talking to each other and um, you can really sense it throughout the city, too. Like, I was wearing, I've been wearing a purple boa mm-hmm. around just for fun. Well, it, that's like my prince. Your homage. homage yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because um, it, uh, it feels right. And so I've been wearing this purple boa. And, I mean, I've been biking around, walking around. People are like, I love your boa. I love your mm-hmm. boa. And I don't, it's already, it, everybody already knows what it means. Mm-hmm. You know, Um, and it's really rare, rare that you could have a symbol on you in which everybody understands what it means. And you just feel the sense of community with people who say something. Totally. And so it's just it's under unfortunate circumstances, but it is just really cool to be a part of another community space that has been, you know, temporarily constructed. Um, But with that, I mean, it is temporary, which is why I don't want to, like, celebrate it too much, because... One of my friends was telling me that when she was down at First Avenue on Thursday night, the police were like super friendly. You know, they had to direct a lot of traffic. They shut down a major street completely and they were just being really friendly to everybody, which if you spend any time downtown, that is not the norm for the cops. The cops, um, there's a lot of clubs down there that people of color like to like go to. And so they are constantly... um, bothering people down there and just being rude and I've been doing some research on on bicycle citations and like that's where all the citations are given is downtown just lots of police involvement there's also crime I mean there are a lot of shootings downtown um so the cops are just always on edge and just mean and right and so my friend was like uh it was really weird that (laughs) The cops were being super friendly and it's like clearly just a temporary performance for them in terms of, you know, people from the suburbs coming down. And right. So clearly a utopia that will not last. Well, a utopia would include zero police. But right. um, And I should say, if anybody's curious, there were like no police at the memorial when I was there and barely any First Avenue uh, staff. Like I was drinking a beer and yeah i mean people were passing around drinks yeah i felt bad that i didn't bring more to share actually because it was a very communal like yeah here you want a sip of my flask and right right you know yeah but uh so it is it is temporary um and then also <laughs> because i live in like a bike advocacy urban planning world my friends some of my friends were like really mad that they shut down the street because they're like we've been asking the city to shut right. down the street for our event for right. a year And all of a sudden they're just because they'll say like, oh, my God, downtown would just like collapse if we shut down that street. And and then all of a sudden it's okay, Yeah. Yeah. And they shut down the street and everything is fine. And there's giant traffic jams. (laughs) Right. But everything is fine. You know, and so my friends were just like, I was like, isn't this a wonderful community? And they said, look at this. See how this (laughs) is shut down. We've been asking, you know. Yeah. So it was just an interesting perspective to get back. Um, totally. Yeah. People, no, I so. think, yeah. I'm so I, I, I love, I love that this, this event that not event, but this 
you know, tragedy has, um, which has become celebratory. I think that's something we could also talk about like princess 57. That's not old, but it is older than somebody, you know, in their twenties or thirties, obviously. That's so a, that's a really good point. And it has been very, it has been very party. Like yeah, very a giant party. I mean, people are crying, Yeah, but in general, it is a, it's like, let's party. Um, yeah. and that's a good point. It's about, it's about age. I think he's right on the cusp. And I think that's yeah, why totally. people are like kind of on edge wondering what's what's happening with him, knowing yeah. how healthy he was. Well, right. No drinking, right. no drugs, you know, vegan. Right. Yeah. So some. Yeah. Oh, I just so sad. I know Ugh. it's it's super sad. And I and I do think and I don't I, and I hope, you know, nobody who's listening feels like we're being callous by like sociologically analyzing the public spaces that are created. But that's sort of what <laughs> we're what trained we just, to do. That's, what we that's do. how we process things. That's what it is. Yeah. So, but I am, I am really interested in, and um, grateful that it's created an opportunity to think about public space and who has access to public space and what that means. Um, and I'm thinking about your article about caretaking in, in Wisconsin during the, um, the protests at the Capitol. And uh, didn't you write about caretaking? I did. did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm thinking about that. And um, yeah, and, and you kept saying temporary, a temporary space. And it also brought me back to my thesis and writing about Hakeem Bey's temporary autonomous zones and that, you know, nothing, nothing utopic could ever be permanent, that mm -hmm. these things are always going to be temporary. Um, and, uh, and that that's part of it. It's, you know, it's always already only for a bit and then, and then we, and then we exist in the system. So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's obviously sad and 57 is definitely too young to, to not have a life anymore, but, um, it is, it seems it seems really special that the world gets to celebrate him, and I don't know if you also saw it. Um, because he was a Jehovah Jehovah's Witness, he wasn't allowed to talk about any of the good deeds he did and like good thing. He wasn't allowed to like say anything good about himself, basically. Yeah, but I he, saw that. Did you see that? But he like donated to things. He was involved with Black Lives Matter. You know, he gave. You know, he always wanted to help people. So. Um, so what a, what a wonderful thing that we get to celebrate this, this person who was not only a clearly powerful and important, an important musician, but, um, but also a, you know, a, a, a really, a, a humanitarian, maybe he was an Aquarius. When was his birthday? Probably. <laughs> or um, he's, uh, his full, his moon sign or whatever is, whatever right, the right, one, the right. one in which like you're outwardly. Are you going to look up? Right. Can you please yep. look up what his? Yep. I'm going to do that right now. Or um... he's Sagittarius or Aries. Yeah. I'm going to find out. Okay. Um... I was going to talk about, oh, I was going to say while you're doing that, I did want to bring up the issue oh. of, oh, sorry. On. Yes. June 7th. Is that, is that Gemini or I don't know what sign that is. Live, live research. Okay. Here we are like a newsroom. Coming out. Well, hello, Miss Tiffy. What have you gotten in for us today? Have you found out <laughs> the zodiac sign of June seventh? I just did the like hand in my ear, mic, my earphone bud. Did like, you really? I, I did. I did that. I was like, Oh, Whoa. he's a Gemini. I totally called it. 
He's a Gemini. Okay, he's an air sign. So that's one. He's one of our people. Mm -hmm. He's also the same age as my mother, which is something that I also think about when things like this happen. Oh, I hate when people around my parents' yeah. age yeah, die. Totally, totally. It's too. It's not. It's no good for me. Oh, or um, like I do this thing where somebody dies and they're seventy-two. I'm like, okay, my dad has one, two. I like count how many years. Yeah. Oh no, God, it's, it's so no, bad. No, I, I do the same thing. I do the same thing. Oh, um, welcome to your thirties, and you have to start. Seriously, I know. Oh. I don't know if. We could have a whole thing about like death, but no. I look at the the Critnet obituaries. Critnet is a listserv for people in communication studies, and if there's an obituary, I like open it and like hold my breath and like pray that the person is like eighty plus because like I can't handle oh, people yes. die if they're not eighty or above. Yes. Um. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. I also wanna I want to keep us a little more on track. We went really long last time, so. Um, are there any sort of closing comments we want to make, you want to make? Um, yes, I wanted to say, what did you think about Van Jones outing him, though? As Yeah, yeah. I so mean, Van Jones the, did this on CNN. He told everybody that he was he donated all this money to certain organizations yeah. that we were supposed to never find out. Right. I had a little conflicted feelings with that. Mostly I was just like, you know, God bless Prince for being such... A, a, a wonderful human mm -hmm. but I did definitely I was like what is this what does it mean to honor the dead and I think this is a different episode like mm -hmm. what does it mean to grieve what does it mean to do all these things um we're, we're talking about that but we're talking about in the context of celebrity but um I don't know you know I don't know if Prince would you know it sort of depends on your view of an afterlife and if mm -hmm. people have any if souls have any sense of what's happening after they leave and all that stuff, which I mostly don't um, mm -hmm. think that happens. I, I have some connection to sort of spirit, spirit worlds and um, feel the presence of certain energies of past people. Um, but I don't know if it means that. Uh, yeah. I don't know. What did you think? I thought it was cool at first. I was like, oh, that's really nice. And and also not surprised at all. Like, it was kind of like, okay, that's not even shocking news. So I don't even know right. if I needed to, like, right. make an announcement about that. But then one of my friends put something online, like, he, like, what are the ethics of Van Jones doing yeah. that? And, yeah. and I really identify with Van Jones um, yeah. because he is super hyperbolic. Yeah. And I am too. And so... Yeah. I fully understand where he was emotionally and like why he did that. And he's got a big mouth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like it's because it's Van Jones specifically. I was like, eh, mm -hmm. I understand. Right. <laughs> he tends to do this kind of stuff. It's really not. He's not really not trying to get anything out of it. Right. He just really was like pissed that nobody could ever know that Prince right. paid for X. And now finally he's like, Prince paid for it. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, it was a moment of, you know, we talked about emotion and vulnerability. He was not like, this was not, he, he was emotional when he was saying that. It yeah. wasn't like, I'm going to be really professional. And I would like to tell the world that Prince did X, Y, and Z. It was yeah. like, I'm so upset. People need to know he was the best man ever. And yeah. just like how you gush about people like, um, and you know, I, I, well, yeah, I'll just stop there. But yes. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd be curious what Jehovah Witnesses have to say about yeah. it. I'm not, yeah. I'm, I don't Same. know. The... I, have a, I have like a step second or third or fourth cousin wow. who I never see <laughs> oh um, who is related to Halle Berry because I'm also like a million 
I forgot steps you're... away from being related. It's it's Halle Berry's closer cousin who's a Jehovah's mm-hmm. Witness. So I maybe maybe somebody in my family knows how they feel. But anyway, um, yeah. But I guess yeah. So basically, I think maybe we can. We didn't even get to talk about um, how we felt when MJ died because that was a, a deeper for both of us. But we're we're pretty close to if not over time. So um, maybe that can be a different. Maybe on the anniversary of MJ's death, we can we can talk about that. But um, would love to. Yeah, but so in short, you know, as two non-super fans, we still both felt really impacted and and it, about his death and also hopefully not in a gross way felt like it was an opportunity to think about what it means when famous people die and how it helps create community and identity and things like that. So, yeah. So there's that. Um, let's end with what we're, we're sort of blend everything into one. What are you watching slash listening to slash reading? Um, Melody? Uh, Prince. Yep. <laughs> uh, Prince is on all the radio stations and like one of our, the current, the local indie rock one, like was played his whole catalog, which took 26 hours. So lots of Prince. But also I am, uh, I'm going to go to the bookstore tonight. Majors and Quinn, it's our awesome indie bookstore. And uh, I'm going to get some young adult novels because the semester is almost done. So I'll have like extra time to read or Mm -hmm. I allow myself more time to read. So there's the Lunar Chronicles that I'm behind on. The, Mm -hmm. this young girl that I used to babysit for, she checked in. She's like, have you read winter yet? And I said, no, shoot, I'm behind. And so I have, I'm way behind. So I have to go pick up some books. Um, I really like young adult books because the characters tend to be, more female based and like strong mm-hmm. there's just like a lot of powerful women in young adult books yep so that's, that's... I, have a, I have a recommendation for you can i say it really quick yeah of course i'm in no rush so <laughs> our listeners are just like great another hour and 15 minutes of these two yammering on um <laughs> so i have a really good friend um well i don't I don't know if we would consider that because we haven't talked, we don't see each other enough, but she's amazing. Her name is Maggie. She's a librarian and she has a blog called Rad Books, Rad Kids. So it's like radical literature for kids. Oh, and really? I got to tell yeah. many people about this one. Yeah, she's, she's fantastic. She's one of my activist like comrades from, from Chicago. Um, but she just posted about like the best young adult book she's read in a long time. She wrote this glowing review um, and it's about a queer teen of color living in urban poverty. <laughs> and um, apparently it was just like the most amazing thing. And it's called More Than Happy. Um, I'm sorry, More Happy Than Not by Adam Silvera. Okay, I'll get it. Um, so uh, I'm just going to give that plug to Maggie's blog and to that book because apparently it's amazing. And it made me, and I'm actually not like super, it's also um, sci-fi, which is definitely not my Ooh, thing. Um, I'll still do it. I'll still do it. Yeah, so, but, like, more, like, it sounds kind of more, like, dystopian. Like, I, like, mm-hmm. more dystopian, and I liked, like, The Hunger Games, and it kind of sounds maybe yep. more in that in that vein. Um, so I want to give that plug um, because it, 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 caught my, it caught my attention, and I'm not usually interested in YA stuff. So there's that. So cool. So Prince, Young Adult Books, awesome. Anything else? Yep. Nope. Cool. Scene. Um, yes. I've also been listening to Prince. I created this this sculpt playlist. I can share that playlist um, if folks want to follow on Spotify. I'll also maybe reveal the Feminist Kills Race PhD Spotify account um, playlist on our website this week because um, we'll have a Prince outro song and include him on the list. And are, wait, thing, are we going to be able to? Sorry to interrupt you, but Prince doesn't have anything online. Oh, yeah. So I bought 
a bunch of his music to put it on my playlist. Oh, okay, cool. It probably won't show up on Spotify, but you might see it and it'll be in gray, so you can't play it, but you'll see that it's there. So good call. Gotta good call. love Prince for that. Props Gotta love Prince. Him. Um, the final thing that I'm engaging in media-wise is my class is we're finishing out our sex and gender class this semester by reading Redefining Realness, Janet Moss. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so it's been so fun because I've never oh done God. anything like this in a class. I've never, like, read a novel. It's basically a novel. I mean, it's nonfiction, but uh-huh. it's it's like a story, you know, and it's like, a you know, where it's it's really engaging, really fun, and we're, you know, learning. It's so cool to read details of a trans person's life that isn't exclusively about them being trans you know like we're reading about Mm -hmm. her as a whole person we know about her relationship to her parents we know about what kind of food she likes we know Mm. what kind of music she was interested in like it's just this really holistic account that I feel like we're so robbed of when we learn about trans people in the media and it's been so cool to like just have this beautiful book about her whole life, you know, and it's, and it's really cool. So, um, and it's very accessible and very written very much for people who aren't necessarily super, um, in the know about trans stuff. So it's been pretty, yeah. Would you suggest it for me too? Would I like it? Absolutely. And it's a super quick read. So yeah, give it, give it a go for sure. Yep. Cool. Sounds like a good summer read. Indeed. All right. Well, um, how about we switch up our outro? How about do it? Okay, WCF. Power! Okay, bye. Bye. Electric word, life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you, there's something else. The afterworld. A world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun. Day or night. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one, Dr. Everything will be alright.